open question to ask how do we build back better? To build back better or whatever. We have a chance to reset the clock and build back better than before. To build back better than before. Remember the, the terrible damage of COVID as we try to build back from this uh, global pandemic. Joe Biden calls it build back better. Build back better. Building back better. To do things differently. To build back better. We're going to build it back better. And build it back better. To my plan to build back better. Uh, start taking all the problems that have been created in right. education and mental health and start to, to build back in a positive way. I have launched a booklet called Build Back Better, written after coronavirus. It's about building this country back better. Growing conspiracy following it. It is called The Great Reset. An unprecedented opportunity to rethink and reset the ways in which we live. The great opportunity for reset. The theory even calls Mr. Biden's campaign slogan, Build Back Better, a front for the conspiracy. Build back better. Building back better our economy. Build back better. All elements of the great reset are fundamental to building the future we need. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. It's a big effort to, some would say, to build back, back better. We would say to really have a great reset. Conspiracy, conspiracy. Conspiracy. Welcome to the Arterburn Radio Transmission. I'm your host, Tony Arterburn. I'm broadcasting in defiance of globalist goblins and, of course, all of the actors in the Build Back Better conspiracy. We've been talking about this for a long time. Thanks to James Perloff for tweeting that uh, YouTube link out that I've had for a couple of days, and you can find it on my Twitter feed. Just an excellent breakdown. You know, I remember during the 2020 campaign, my uh, friend Jason Lowe, the host of the Titans of Liberty show over on Band.Video, uh, he was noticing that, you know, Biden's saying build back better. The campaign slogan is build back better. But that's an international world economic forum, UN term, right? And then you see all of these meat puppets, these supposed heads of state, these leaders, right? The people that are really in control, they're all parroting that same build back better theme. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that today because the elites, not well, not the people that you see, right? The people that you see are just, uh, well, they're on the payroll. You know, they're compromised individuals. They're, they're people of low moral character and <laughs> low IQ, and they put them out front to be the, uh, oh, the, to take the brunt of this, of this effort, this plan. And we're going to talk about uh, something that the elites know and that they've known for a while. And it's really about historical cycles. Uh, I'm going to dive into that. You probably heard me talk about some of this stuff before, but I just re-listened to the audio book, The Fourth Turning, as I was taking some uh, silver. <laughs> Maybe I'll tell that story too. It's a funny story. I had to go down to Dallas last week to deliver a, a load of uh, silver coins, uh, Canadian maple leaves to the trading floor. Had a bit of an adventure. 
uh, and uh, learned. I always learn something, ladies and gents. I run a gold and silver shop, but I will. Uh, I'll, g- I'll give you some pointers uh, if you're ever thinking about securing your gold or silver by burying it. I'm, I'm going to caution you uh, against doing that uh, with the with the, the story that I'll probably tell maybe in the second half of the show. But there's a there's a whole uh, issue here with historical cycles. And I thought it was a great time to bring up an article that's up on lourockwell.com. It's an interview with Doug Casey. Uh, he was interviewed on the, by the International Man. And I, I love Doug Casey, really smart, smart guy. And um, we tend to uh, l- look at these issues very similar, he and I. And when it comes to historical cycles and, and the reason I brought up build back better is because, you know, in the, in the theme of build back better, it's all about sustainability, right? But it's sustainability of building something up after it's been destroyed, right? In order to, in order to build something back better, right? It has to first be taken down it has to first be demolished right there has to be a controlled demolition or an accidental demolition there has to be something has to be broken for you to build it back better and one of my observations about the elites and um, their plans because they put everything in writing you know uh, they tell you in their white papers they tell you in their uh, their agendas right you look at the agenda for the 21st century that the later milestone became Agenda 2030. Why is that? Why does everything track back to the 2030 milestone? Why does it do that? Well, we're going to talk about that because it has to do with cyclical historical cycles. And uh, if you go back to the 1990s, there was a book called The Fourth Turning. It was put out by William Strauss and Neil Howe. It introduced a popular theory in their book, The Fourth Turning, outlying the recurring generational cycles that have occurred throughout American history. And uh, Doug Casey was asked about that. He says, I read Strauss and Howe's first book, Generations, when it came out back in 1992. I thought it was brilliant. So they had a, a book before The Fourth Turning. So let, let me start off by recommending both Generations and The Fourth Turning to everybody. Both books offer quite a scholarly, readable, and prescient view of the cyclical history, right? And they offer a plausible forecast for the 2020s. Again, this was written back in the 90s, and they were very prescient. Uh, it was a American prophecy. I think that was with the subtitle of the book. But to get back to why this is even more important than their, their forecast is because the elites knew this too. Right. That's why you have these milestones, um, their behavioral science, their psychological operations. All of this is focused on uh, getting in front of historical shifts that are bigger than the elites. Right. They're bigger than institutions. They're bigger than governments. This is just this is part of the human story. Right. You go back and the thesis of a turning. Right. And. I'll break this down. Basically, you go back through human history and you see that every 80 to 100 years or so, there's a major shift. 
in in civilization, right? And, and this goes to, this goes across uh, all races, all creeds, all continents. This is a a, a truism. You know, you look at um, Lincoln's uh, Gettysburg Address. You know, he says four score and seven years ago. Well, that's eighty seven years. And he was talking about the founding of of the Republic of the United States uh, to the time of the Civil War. There had been a another great turning. So basically there's four smaller turnings inside each major turning, right? So we're in right now a fourth turning. It it started about the year uh, 2001, I believe. Somewhere in there was the the beginning of the fourth turning, and it can last uh, about 25 years or so. And so as we see, you know, the opening salvo of the 21st century was 9-11. And those of us who study 9-11 uh, and its, its actual history know that there were, there were fingerprints of planning all throughout the 9-11 story. Right? We, don't, we don't know all of the facts, but we do know that it was a manufactured event. Right? It was not something that just organically happened, right? It was something that had a lot of planning. It had a lot of look the other way. It kind of like a the same way Pearl Harbor was treated, right? And we don't know all the details on that, but we do know that Franklin Roosevelt knew about Pearl Harbor, uh, that George Marshall knew that the, an attack on Pearl Harbor was imminent. Uh, it, it, there was there was cables from uh, people all over the world. There was congressmen that were warned. People all tried to warn Roosevelt. He shoo him away because he already knew, right? It's called a, a Lee hop, a let it happen on purpose. Something very similar with 9-11 because I think they wanted to start uh, at the beginning of the fourth turning, right? They wanted to start a, a different trajectory, Right. Because what's happening throughout human history and I I know I'm going off. This is a very complicated issue, but we're going to cover more of this article up on LouRockwell.com because it's so important. History has not been trending towards consolidation. Okay, it has not been trending organically throughout human history to a new world order, to a one world government, to one world currency. You know, to, uh, you know, uh, only a few multinational conglomerates owning the media. That's not how historically it's been trending. That's what's been going on in our politics. But people, you look at, and I'll give you an example, you look at the phenomenon of Bitcoin. And we're going to talk today a little bit about Bitcoin in the second half about what happened. I mean, the price is exploding and we're going to talk about why. But it's one of those examples of decentralization. You know, 500 years ago, you had the Protestant Reformation. You know, before that, I mean, it was you, you had the Catholic Church, you had their priests, you know, the, the mass was in Latin, only a few people owned the Bible. You know, there was there was a hierarchy that was set, you know, and then you didn't break that hierarchy. Right. That was centralization. Well, with the Protestant Reformation and and so many other thought leaders throughout that time, you get uh, the Enlightenment, which is about 250 years later, with and it culminates in the American and French revolutions. These are decentralizing 
movements. And this has been going on, as you see, throughout the 19th century with the rise of the Industrial Revolution and so on and so forth. Uh, look at countries all around the world, as we've seen, like 2016 was a huge shift in consciousness across the world. You know, I and, you know, Trump being a um, at least his rhetoric was uh, nationalism, uh, protectionism, bringing the jobs home, having a border. You know, this was not an international message. That's because people all around the world, you look at the Catalonians in Spain, you look at uh, Thai, the uh, Hong Kongers, right? You, you look at uh, uh, countries all over the world that are becoming more nationalistic. Brazil, you know, you look at this pullback from globalism, right? Because that's what's happening. That's where we're trending to as a, as a people, right? As a species, really. We're not trending towards having one, you know, one language, one religion, one world government. That's what the elites want. So they know about the fourth turning. And what usually happens in a fourth turning is it's very, uh, very tumultuous. This is where like old orders are destroyed. New ones are given birth to. It's usually culminates in a war. The last fourth turning happened uh, around the time of World War II. Okay, roughly uh, coming up on you know eighty years ago. So you see where I'm going with my logic here. This is you have the the great turnings in history. The the, the turning before that was the great the Civil War, and before that was the American Revolution. So we're we're going through a great upheaval, right? We're going through uh, this massive amount of change, and the elites. Uh, with with their slogans, with their World Economic Forum, with their agendas, with their partnerships with with the multinational corporations that control the media and that control commerce, they're trying to steer this turning, which I believe is going to blow up in their face. I believe they're making everything worse, which they always do, right? I mean, we <laughs> if you're stu- if you study the uh, you know the inside. The inside baseball of politics and finance and a lot of uh, and I I love being on mainline conservative talk radio. I'm not talking bad about it, but a a lot of the major hosts will stop at the water's edge of politics and not go beyond, uh, you know, the, the ideas supposedly that are driving these these two parties they'll stop at that water's edge because I go further and I talk about who finances them. Right. Cause that's really what matters. Right. When, when you get to the, uh, the slogans of build back better and you, you see that, uh, that uh, Justin Trudeau, Castro's son, supposedly, right. He's saying build back better, that disheveled moron, uh, Boris Johnson saying build back better, the Australian prime minister, Bill Gates, I mean, these all these people, right? And they're all, you know, Klaus Satan, Klaus Klaus Schwab from the World Economic. You'll own nothing, and you'll be happy. And you get your happy pass when you get your COVID shot. You know, what do you think all of this is about? You know, because hey, the last thing they want us to be right now is united. Gosh, you know, you know before we get too much farther into this uh, big subject matter. 
what a, a wonderful time to be alive to witness the courage of the Southwest pilots. I was on a show yesterday. I was on the, the Infinite Fringe with Billy Ray Valentine over on Aftermath.fm. And I said, you know, I've fought in three foreign wars, but the Southwest pilots are doing more for freedom than I ever could have. You know, the wars that I fought in, in unfortunately, didn't have anything to do with freedom. Because if they did, you'd be freer, right? I'd be freer. We wouldn't be living in this cultural Marxist dystopia, right? But the Southwest pilots fighting back. And of course, guess what? This all ties in because the CEO of Southwest Airlines is part of the World Economic Forum. Let's go back to this article. So he says, history's best seen is cyclical. Rather than a straight line progress to some preordained, in the end, the, the Marxist and the Abrahamic religions see it the same. But then Ecclesiastes has its famous quote that there's nothing new under the sun. You guys always hear me say that as well. Plato in the Republic talks about how the younger generation, and we're talking 4th century BC, can't stand up to the moral values of their forefathers, right? This, this is over and over again. Even mentions Machiavelli uh, in his Florentine history said, virtue gives birth to tranquility, tranquility to leisure, leisure to disorder, disorder to ruin. And similarly, from ruin, order is born from order, virtue, from virtue, glory and good fortune. The bottom line is, is that societies arise from poverty through moral strength. And that brings them prosperity. But the prosperity brings on arrogance, and the arrogance brings on laziness, which brings on weakness and moral decline. Then they're reduced to a condition of slavery, slavery and poverty again. Change is the only constant except in human nature, right? Human nature doesn't change. He says, as I look at the United States, it seems to me the peak of American culture was the time just before Teddy Roosevelt came into office. Teddy is certainly among the top five worst presidents, and there's plenty of competition for that title. Oh, uh, yes, the, the <laughs> I can think of a few. He was the first real progressive president. He wanted the government actively involved in all areas of life. He said, that's not to say that Teddy Roosevelt wouldn't have been a Really great drinking pal. <laughs> that's true. That's true. He had a lot of stories. I, I and I love looking at all the the Teddy Roosevelt memorabilia at the Minger Bar Hotel across from the Alamo in San Antonio. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy to go camping with. A fun guy to have an intellectual conversation with. But he was uh, he was a nationalist, a statist, and a warmonger. That's why he, he says I, I think he was a horrible president. You know, he talks about U.S. overseas imperialism started with the Spanish-American War and the building of overseas empire in Cuba, Puerto Rico, the Philippines, and Hawaii, followed by World War I. And he's so right on this. He says the U.S. has gone from being non-interventionist uh, to now having many hundreds of bases around the world and trying to give orders to every other country in the world. That kind of arrogance always ends badly. So he's exactly right there. And as we look at uh, the overall picture here, right, is that we're in a historical cycle. 
that is beyond our control, right? We, we can control how we react to it, right? There's been a lot of change and there's been a lot of, of course, there's been a lot of meddling in our own history. And I would say that America's decline is really the only tr- decline in, in, in the history of the world that's been engineered, right? We could be going through a different kind of fourth turning right now if, let's say, for instance, in the 1930s, the cultural Marxists, right, they weren't uh, the Frankfurt School, those, those intellectuals kicked out of Hitler's Germany that fled to the United States that set up shop in academia, let's say that never happened. Would we have the type of uh, acidic Marxist revolution going on inside of our schools and institutions, this takeover, right? This fusion of big business and Marxism, this wokeism, would we be having that now if it weren't for that school of thought? Uh, Unlikely, right? So there's been a lot of things that happened that didn't necessarily have to happen. But they did, and we're dealing with them. So it's making a different type of historical conclusion to, let's say, World War II. Like the America of the 1950s is long gone. And as we look down the barrel of this, uh, you know, fourth turnings are very tumultuous. Uh, They're very unstable. Uh, They start with currency wars, then trade wars, and usually end in actual hot wars. Uh, and I, we're going to, we need people in, in power right now with a great deal of wisdom. And that seems to be very lacking right now. So we're going to talk about, we'll probably go way into the other, uh, side of the break with this too. He has some great quotes in this. He said, um, cultural Marxists are now totally in control of the U S educational system and have been for a couple of generations. That's absolutely the case in the colleges and universities, but also in the high schools and even in the grade schools. Kids are being taught to be socialists, eco-warriors, and justice warriors, and woke from an early age. It's really serious, he says. And we're going to talk about This is just, this is big. And the reason this is so important that for you to know this information is this is the t- type of in-depth think tank analysis that the elites are looking at, right? They're trying to steer this in another direction, right? They want a great reset and a build back better that puts you in some sort of hive, right? Where you're just a tracked and traced statistic, right? <laughs> That's what's that uh, famous line from Stalin, you know, uh, one man's death is a, a tragedy, but a million is what is is statistics, something like that. I just paraphrased it, but that's the way it's seen. And you're a statistic. You're a cog in a machine to the elites. And this doesn't have to be because when I'm giving you this insight, it's something that I constantly think about and read about. Is that that's be, the elites and what their plans have to do with this great reset is in defiance of everything that humanity is experiencing on a conscious level and the things that, that we're emanating and in our inventions, right? We keep trying to reach out and expand and the elites keep trying to uh, take that energy and, and try to control it, right? Try to, to bend it, try to uh, manipulate it. And that's why 
Uh, it's so important to to get to information like this and to understand it, to understand what a fourth turning is, because you're in it. There's nothing you can do about it. This is something that's happened all throughout history, and then you start the the process starts over again. I mean, nobody really thinks. I mean, are you looking at the future and and having a? I mean, I'm optimistic about where we where we're actually heading, especially when things like the Southwest pilots and the people that are defying this COVID tyranny across the the globe. I mean, my hat's off to anybody that's standing up to this. I, I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your belief system is. We have to stand up to this together, right? This 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 tyranny, this planned tyranny, right? This non-organic lockdown, track and trace, great reset. We have to defy this together, ladies and gentlemen. So stay tuned. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. I'm in studio with Beans the Brave. Charlie the Chocolate Labrador is also here. She's helping me with notes and research. <laughs> We're broadcasting on Truth Frequency Radio, 9.30 a.m. The Answer, San Antonio, and Worldwide Christian Radio. Stand by. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission, weapons-grade truth, cutting-edge, counter-culture, conservative radio right here on Truth Frequency Radio. And, of course, WWCR, Worldwide Christian Radio. You know, if you want to catch the video version of the program, uh, the only live video version of the Arterburn Radio Transmission, it's on rockfin.com, where I've uh, been broadcasting uh, with the great Don Jeffries and Billy Ray Valentine on a channel called America Unplugged. Highly recommend getting a membership over at Rockfin. These are wonderful people, and they have great content creators. These are people that uh, are free thinkers, and it's not just media. I mean, there's all there's sports, there's comedy, there's all sorts of things. So check out rockfin.com, R-O-K-F-I-N, Dot com and uh, find the America Unplugged channel and you will find the Arterburn radio transmission. We've been trying to do Mondays and Fridays, 3 p.m. Uh, somewhere in there for the uh, for the live broadcast. And I want to thank everybody watching on Rockfin. Um, I try to get to the comments, too. It's usually just me flying solo uh, on these radio shows because my week it, it gets away from me. I start I'm, I'm dealing with gold and silver. I'm on other podcasts. Uh, we stay pretty busy, uh, but uh, we will have some new guests soon. Um, I, I have some people in mind. I don't want to name names, but we have some very smart people and some entertaining folks that are going to be on the show, and I'll, I'll be announcing that soon. But uh, big show that, that we're talking about, this big picture show, really. And, you know, we're in the middle of a fourth turning. This has been established. This is part of the... Uh, the sacralum is what they call it. it's about you know it's a I think it's a Latin term for about every eighty to a hundred years about the life of a human being you get the end of one era, uh, culminating in a you know in a cataclysm type of event you know our last cataclysm being World War Two, you know you had fifty million dead but you also had this you know this big change in cultural shifts and consciousness um, that's happening we're going into that phase now. And uh, nothing new under the sun there at all. But 
The elites know this, right? So this is what you need to be aware of. The, the elites have been wargaming this out for a very, very, very long time. They have milestones. And you go back to uh, 2001, and right before uh, 9-11, in the summer of 2001, you have Operation Dark Winter, right? This is a, uh, and it's still used, it's this simulation, and they have a simulation every every you know few years or so, these small simulations, like the last simulation for a pandemic was, what, Event 201 in October of 2019? You know, you had the intelligence agencies from all over the world and Johns Hopkins and, you know, the centers for disease, disease control and all these people, Bill Gates, you know, they're all wargaming out and doing scenarios, how the media will react, how the public will react. Well, they've been doing this uh, since 2001. And, and that's really when the, this last turning began. Right. And we all can remember, you know, even Prince, you know, he's saying the song uh, party like it's 1999. Well, was he right? I mean, I remember 1999. As a matter of fact, I have a, a 99 Dodge Ram pickup that uh, we bought. My dad and I, I, you know, I, right before I went to the Army, uh, got it off the showroom floor. And she was a sweet machine. I've got it's in my uh, it's out in my property in, in Arkansas and still runs, still runs great. Uh, but I remember that time and uh, it had it, you know, look, it's not that it doesn't, it seems like a, a whole lifetime ago, but it's really not that long ago. Totally different world, right? We can all agree that the, I mean, the social norms, like the cohesive uh, ideas that supposedly held us together have been just eroded, right? And people's, people seem to have lost their collective mind, right? Because we're just going through this big shift, right? There will, there will be equilibrium again, but when is that going to happen? Well, uh, sometime after the end of the fourth turning. Now, what will it look like? I think that depends on what we do. Do we have more pilots like uh, Southwest? You know, do we have the people with courage that are willing to stand on their convictions against having a, a government tyranny medical system? You know, do you have autonomy over your own body? Do you get to choose, you know, what the government makes you take or what some multinational employer demands of you? Aren't you in charge of yourself? Because at the end of the day, and Alan Dershowitz notwithstanding, <laughs> I mean, this is the, the clown supposed constitutional scholar that everybody cites. He says that the government can just has the right to stick you in a room and put a needle in your arm and that you don't have a constitutional right not to be vaccinated. I mean, Folks, we need to shed those bad ideas, right? Because if we don't have the ability to choose how we deal with an illness, right, then we have no choice whatsoever and that we're slaves, right? That's really, the, that's really all that it boils down to. Either you're a free human being with constitutional rights and dignity and, you know, you, you have liberty, liberty to, to be your best self, not, right? Not not trampling on the rights of others, but to be your best self. If you don't have that, then what is this all for? You're not in a free country. You're not in a free society. And that's not a society worth preserving, frankly. So the elites are pushing all of this. They've done simulation after simulation of how they're going to thwart it. I think this makes a lot more sense now that I'm seeing. It's like, what do the elites want, right? 
what is this great reset all about? Why are they pushing this agenda so hard? And why do they have time frames? Well, the time frames are all about a historical pattern that has been being talked about since the early 90s. Yeah, let's uh, let's see if a couple more of the highlights from this article. Uh, Doug Casey says there are a few bright spots. Libertarians, for instance, are somewhat more prominent than in the past. He said, but the fact that libertarians believe in personal freedom in the face of a societal trend in the opposite direction makes me tend to believe they're actually genetic mutants. <laughs> They're just a small percentage of the population whose nature has resisted the prevailing nature. Well, I would say to Doug, I, I agree that it seems like we're just alone, like we're just floating around uh, in the, we're, we're just islands in this ocean of, of compliance and, and, and uh, non-player NPC non-player characters. But I, I don't think that that's what history really says. I mean, everybody has their own op opinion on how history works and I've lived through history. I've read a great deal of it, and I continue to learn things every day. I don't think that we're – I think that these these events and these trends, great many of them are manufactured, but if you find the average young person today, you take, talk to a Gen Zer, they don't believe things. like they, they Millennials do, right? There's a big lockstep, and that has to do with generational cycles, but there's a big lockstep following nature of a millennial. Not all of them, but a great many of them. I'm Gen X, right? And that's why I got gray in my beard. But if you look to a Generation Z, like my son's generation, they think they look at the popular narrative. I mean, I don't think Gen Z is going to have a Don Lemon. You know, they're just not. They're, they're not going to have like these sacred cows, right? They're not going to have uh, people that are propped up by some, you know, multinational conglomerate to tell you the news and tell you what to think. They're not really, they're not going to have, they're going to be, again, they're going to be decentralized. You know, Gen Z likes cryptocurrency. Gen Z is turning its, like Gen Z males are turning their back on college. Good. You know, I mean, you can, you realize if you're a young man or young woman, do you realize how much more you could learn if you just said, I'm going to go to seminars and learn how to buy and sell real estate, or I'm going to go and learn about, you know, cryptocurrency or gold and silver or you know, travel a little bit. You know, I'm going to go under, I'm going to go find somebody with a business that'll teach me how to run a business. Do you realize how much more education, how much more insight, how much further along you would be if you abandoned the incubators for cultural Marxism? Right now, I have a, I mean, please send prayers my way because I have a stubborn 16-year-old who's a great athlete. He is a, a wonderful kid. I'm so proud to be his father. And he wants to be like his old man in some way. He wants to join the military. And I keep saying, please don't do that. You know, because, you know, they're they're going to cook up a new war, right? They're going to cook up a new false flag. They're going to cook up something. And then it's going to be just like Afghanistan or just like Iraq or way worse, you know, and uh, I, I served in those wars and I served in Afghanistan. And I think, you know, look at what happened there. Are you more? Did I help your freedom? 
I certainly didn't help the Afghans' freedom. So, no, I, I, I think that old career paths, old modes of ascending the social ladder and all those norms, those, those are good. Those should be on the chop, chopping block because this is a fourth turning. Anyway, it's an important article. I'll put it up in the show notes. And this is a big interview with Doug Casey. And the, again, the reason I bring it up, the reason it's so important, is because we're in natural cycles of history. Those things are should be apparent to everyone now. However, the elites know that too. That's part of this plan. That's part of, uh, you know... <laughs> The, the reason you have like Sanjay Gupta going on on Joe Rogan and just not knowing how to answer questions, you know, not knowing about, you know, these people, their, their muscle memory for having conversations with actual smart people that push back that aren't on some payroll. Right. To just like a Manchurian candidate stand up and be like, yes, I'll follow whatever Fauci says. Right. They uh, they have a hard time with it. He wasn't able to answer simple questions about ivermectin or the network that he, I say network, <laughs> the, the propaganda sewer that he swims in over there at CNN. <laughs> By the way, if you're watching CNN, and I don't think anybody who tunes into this show does, but you realize that it was started by Ted Turner, right? And Ted Turner wants 95% of the population of the earth reduced. He says this many times. He gave a billion dollars, I think, to the UN. Did he build the Georgia Guidestones? That's an open question. But that the Georgia Guidestones say the same thing, right? This uh, 1979 construction of these... Uh, these big stones out in uh, <laughs> the small rural part of Georgia tell you they want 500 million people only within perpetual balance of nature, right? Now, this is the goal of the elites. And so you have CNN as the offspring. It's de facto the depopulation network. And just something, you know, share that with your, if you have, have your family, you know, that's still watching this going, we have to do everything that the CDC tells us to do, right? Because of science. It's the same thing, you know, like you got to follow the science. Well, I have a, I said this yesterday on Billy Ray Valentine's show, The Infinite Fringe. I said, you know, my best friend is a scientist. And I'm not going to say his name, but he is a PhD scientist working in uh, advanced laboratories in the defense industry and he's getting fired because he actually understands what science is. He's like, I have antibodies. I've had COVID and I'm not going to take a vaccine that destroys my natural immunity uh, because that won't help anyone. And they're going to fire him. And he's not the only one. There's thousands of people just like him. And he's walking away. He's like, even if now, if they even, they come back and say, oh, we're not going to do it. I'm still walking. I don't want to be a part of an organization that ignores science. Like he's an actual true scientist, right? And we, we have talks all the time about how ridiculous this is. You I mean, you have Bayer just coming or not Bayer, but they have a new study that comes out says they're taking a, uh, 
a low grade aspirin every day doesn't protect against heart attacks. But we all thought that that did. Right. Remember the flip flop? You know, you go back to the 70s. They said, oh, the people, the reason there's obesity is because of fat in the food. So they just took out the fat and added all the sugar. You could get fat free. Right. And they just loaded up with sugar. Then you had a, a generation of people just getting really fat. Was it the fat in the foods? Because people look, you know, if you go take a, uh, a trip down memory lane and go look at the people on the beach in the 1970s. They look a lot more fit, right? You add, you took all that fat out of the diet and then put in the sugar. Then you fast forward to today. doesn't look so good, right? doesn't look so great because we're loaded down with all these contaminants and sugar. That's the, but that's the science, right? Remember it was global cooling and then it's global warming, but follow the science, you know, worship science. I mean, Don Lemon says that, you know, he told his family, like, you, you got on a plane to come see me, right? So you won't get the vax, but you flew on science. Why don't you trust science? I mean, science is the airplane. I'm like, well, science is also Joseph Mangala, nuclear weapons, napalm, live, you know, vivisection uh, and surgery on prisoners and the uh, the Japanese did to people. I mean, that, I, mean I can just keep going. The Tuskegee experiments were science. Science by itself and study into things and what happens, it doesn't make it moral, doesn't make it good, doesn't make it right. You know, it's we're living in an age of just mass delusional mental psychosis. And again, we go back to the theme of the show. <laughs> I think that's just a par for the course. You have all these all these things that are being, uh, you know, shoved aside, that are being leveled, in all these old institutions and thought, you know, things that we thought were going to last for a long time. That's why you need to be nimble, you need to be uh, very much like a, you know, a foot soldier behind enemy lines, a, you know, in guerrilla warfare. Not only of your mind, but your finances too. We're going to talk. I've got a little bit of time left. I want to go over gold and silver prices because something's happening out there. I'll hit a couple of headlines too. Something's happening out there in the zeitgeist. Um, there is, and again, this why you have a great reset is the elites knew that their house of cards that they built with fiat currency is coming to an end. They're going to replace it with something else, right? Mark of the beast, something, right? That's what they want to do. I don't know that they're going to actually succeed. I really don't think so. I mean, they're going to try all sorts, but they're so incompetent. I mean, you you want to talk to an actual entrepreneur, like somebody who's uh, probably a genius level, go find somebody who has like, you know, five or six Wendy's franchises and some apartment buildings and uh, some vending machines, you know, probably a low level millionaire. That's probably a really introspective, very smart person. I don't have that. I'm just saying I've just grew up around these type of people, but you go go up to the upper echelons of banking these people are morons <laughs> and they're and they're they're a danger to themselves and others i'm just telling you folks there's it's going to get weird out there it's ugly times ugly let's talk about some gold and silver prices here in a second but let's see there was a couple more headlines i wanted to go over that i thought were relevant to this conversation yeah th- Prices are rising. So we know that there's a, there's a, I mean, everything, every headline you see, you go to naturalnews.com. It says the fertilizer prices are projected to reach near record high in 2022. It's not just fertilizer, it's everything. It's food. 
it's not so much that the prices are rising is that they the fiat currency is has less of a of a buying power due to its being ubiquitous being due to quantitative easing and printing into oblivion you know we talk about the the ports what was the i found a headline today that it was i got to go back and find it it was one of these uh it's one of these little treasures that you find where the guy is talking about how Christmas is, you know, the toys for Christmas aren't going to be here on time because of the the ports of entry and all the things that are happening uh, with our supply chain breakdown. And, uh, you know, Biden adding the uh, supposedly, you know, trying to step in and do something uh, is it is too little too late. You know, there was a. There was a thought back in the with the invent of uh, advent of of NAFTA that uh, one of the senators, you know, from one of the southern states said, uh, "It doesn't matter if you where you make potato chips or computer chips, we just import it. Doesn't matter what, who makes what. Well, it matters now, doesn't it? Yeah, you don't need container ships and ports of entry if you make things." And we become a consumer nation, you know, run by monopolists using monopoly money <laughs> in a giant game of monopoly. And, and monopolies don't turn out well. Prices skyrocket. You know, you have the uh, store shelves in a lot of places. They're just starting to just become bare in a lot of areas because of these supply chain breakdowns. I've been, I went to a pharmacy trying to get my, I do a regular vitamin routine of something called stress bees. I don't, I don't have stock in this company or anything. I'm not advocating you going out and getting them, but if you want to look at a good vitamin, stress bees, a good vitamin. It's got a little bit of C and zinc and copper in it. If you're, if you're an active person and you're always, you know, uh, working and grinding like kind of like me. Uh, I gosh, I need all the help I can get. So stress bees are, are a good buy, and I can't find them. They've, it's been a month, and there you look at some of the shelves. You start seeing the holes in them, right? Well, that's because this people think these morons and meat puppets who work for the international financiers think that you can centrally plan stuff. It's a fatal flaw. Um, but they don't know any lessons. You, I mean, again. Uh, we, we, the people, are a lot smarter than the psychopaths that run this country and run the globe. I promise you that. They're, they just have a lot of resources. They're not that smart. All right, we got a little bit of time. Let's, let's look at gold and silver real quick. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say, if you're receiving this transmission, I've got, I just bought a load of 90% silver. And if you'll go to JM Bullion or any of the majors, you'll see that they don't have any. I've got some in stock. Some is, some are quarters, some are dimes. I got it at $20 face for the, uh, that means like 10 dimes, you know, they'd be $2 a piece. Uh, this is pre-1965 silver. I've got that in stock. So go to wisewolf.gold or call my toll-free 888-667-1836. Or you can also text that number uh, if you would like to see if I got any left after this show, uh, because I'm sure I'll get some calls, but I've got some in stock. If you'd like to get some silver at a good price today, gold at one thousand seven hundred and sixty seven 
Luciferian Bankster Notes per troy ounce, 1,667 federal fiat, federal reserve notes uh, per troy ounce. Just It's down a little bit. Uh, again, we watched it rise, watch it fall. It doesn't matter. It's still cheap because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have the beginnings of hyperinflation out there. Uh, silver, extremely cheap at $23.32 per troy ounce. Of course, the big story, uh, Bitcoin, and I love uh, these stories. I love seeing the rise of Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin price passes 60000 for the first time since April. This is Newsweek. Amid an October bull run, Bitcoin has risen over 60000 for the first time since April after increasing in price fairly steadily throughout October. Uh, this is due to... Um, some market signals of uh, ETFs and all sorts of other you know, trading issues. But it's not just that. It's the adoption of things like El Salvador. It's the, uh, uh, the, the futures markets. It's, the, it's inflation. There's a lot of things driving Bitcoin. And look, I, I like seeing this happen. I think Bitcoin uh, in the future will be more and more of a staple uh, and I think it will stabilize at some point. It'll quit having these wild swings. I think we'll just have more of a steady kind of climb. But that's not investment advice. I just think we're going to see that um, based off of, you know, me buying and selling it every single day and uh, looking at the 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 volume of trading and who's picking up on it. And um, again, it's it's one of those things that uh, I'm behind. I'm th- I'm really a, a fan of it more and more because I do think that the uh, the elites hate it. So therefore, you know, uh, even if you're agnostic on Bitcoin, you have to to love the fact that the elites want it destroyed. And so I, I get behind it uh, not only for that reason, but it certainly sweetens the pot. <laughs> so um, lots to talk about next week and you know stay tuned to the show we got a lot more coming out and i i want to say like for right now if you want to find me uh go to weaponsgradetruth.com you're going to find the archive for all the shows um uh, i want to also give a thanks to uh 9 30 a.m the answer uh for uh all the help that they've been giving me on my uh my podcast and getting all that switched over and uh, keeping my show there at, at, on, at 8 p.m. on Fridays. we got that one slot over there, and uh, it's meant a lot to me. Good people over there at 9.30 a.m. You know, it's kind of my link. If you're listening on regular conservative talk radio, come find me over on Rockfin. You know, find us on AmericaUnplugged.com. I do a show with uh, the great Billy Ray Valentine and, and Don Jeffries, who wrote Hidden History, every Saturday, uh, 11 a.m. Central Time on Rockfin. That's America Unplugged. Go find us over there. And, of course, AmericaUnplugged.com for the podcast. Guys, have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you Monday. Uh, the uh, the hounds here, Beans the Brave and Charlie the Chocolate Labrador, send their best. Welcome to tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. End of transmission. Life is a continuous confrontation with forks in the road. One is good, one is bad. And you could always wander completely off the road altogether and become lost. Totally and completely lost. If you take the wrong fork, 
At one of these junctions, there is always the opportunity at the next fork to get back on track. But it is a constant battle within ourselves. You see, I have studied this concept for many, many years, and I have to tell you that if there is a real devil, like Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it, I'm not telling you that there's no such thing as Satan or Lucifer. I'm telling you this. If there really is a devil, that devil exists in the hearts and minds of men and nowhere else. Nowhere else. For if you take man out of the equation, evil ceases to exist. And there is left only the laws of the universe and the balance of nature. Put man in the equation, and before long, evil will rear its ugly head and present itself to the world. The evil is within man, and that is why it was called the fall. The devil never made anyone do it. If you do it, you did it yourself because you fell into temptation. For until man once again confronts the real nature of his own condition and of the world around him and accepts full responsibility for his actions without blaming anyone else or any devil, until then we will always be a puppet on the end of someone else's string. And ladies and gentlemen, when that someone pulls that string, we will dance.